Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's John Deere Classic. And joining me to break it all down, a man who has seen lots of golf on this Thursday. It's the coach. What's up, coach? Oh, man, I tell you what, these days are long, but there's nothing else I would rather do uh, on a Thursday than call nine hours of golf from the Quad Cities with a bunch of John Deere tractors in the background. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Sebastian Munoz at the top of the leaderboard for now. There are a couple of golfers still out yeah. on the course, but Munoz in with a 63 highlighted by a 30 on his back nine, which included finishing with five consecutive birdies coach. And this is not unreasonable for Sebastian Munoz to do for one round, but we yeah. have not seen him put together four in quite some time. Well, to be honest with you, he rarely puts together two. So when I look at the fact that he's at the top of the leaderboard, how many times, Rick, do we talk about, well, the lead is really this number. <laughs> and even though he's at 800, you still got Hank Lebiota, uh, who was plus 6,400 coming in. He's at 700, Chesson Hadley. And when I looked at these two today, I said, they can really do something special. Now, I always enjoy it, even though I don't have a ticket on Munoz, and I do on the other two. Whenever you have in our groups on PGA Tour Live, a player start to go low and they go bonkers. It's always fun to call that, right? And so you had Zach, you had all these guys, and all of a sudden Sebastian Munoz is just kind of treading water, gets to 11, and he goes bananas on the back nine. So he hit a great, he putted great. So anybody that may be playing some head-to-heads tomorrow, I don't, I haven't even looked at the stats yet. I am fading Sebastian Munoz any way I can. Because his putting stats for today were have to be ridiculous. I haven't even looked at them yet, but they have to be incredible. Yeah, gained nearly two strokes on the putting surface on Thursday. Okay. The two names that coach mentioned, Hank and Hadley, they are still out on the course. They're currently at seven under. We'll keep an eye on them uh, for the rest of the evening. But two more guys in the clubhouse already at 64. One is Ches Reeve, who has been trending in the right direction. Three good mm. starts in a row. This is a course that uh, we have seen Ches Reeve types. Win before, right? I could throw him yep. in the same bucket as Zach Johnson. I could throw him in the same uh, bucket as Steve Stricker. Kind of those more accurate drivers of the golf ball, guys that rely on the wedge play and the putter more than distance off the tee. Yeah, a couple of things. Speaking of Steve Stricker, he was in our, our featured group covers this morning. And I've got to give him a lot of credit, Rick, because he decided not to defend his title at the U.S. Senior Men's Open a week after winning a different major on the U.S. Uh, Champions Tour, Senior Tour, yeah. and to come back and play in this event that he won three years in a row, 09, 10, and 11, and it's the 50th anniversary. So I'll give him a lot of credit, first of all. Plus, he started off ice cold and was yes. able to get it back under par by the end of his round. So give him credit for that. Uh, as far as Ches Reeve and Camilo Vajegas, how, how great of a story would it be oh. if Vajegas could win? Are you kidding me? How popular would that be? 
But to your original point, this is the type of course just under just over 7,200 yards. But if you watched any of the coverage today, there's a lot of rolls. It's very bouncy. So the mm-hmm. ball would hit, hit on the down slope, and you would get 30 to 50 yards. So there wasn't a lot of long approaches if you could keep it in the fairway. The rough, it is really, really long. And anybody that hit into the rough really struggled to score today. I'm guessing that this will be one of those weeks that anybody that makes the cut will have a chance to win because I think the cut's going to be around four or 500. You're probably going to have the lead around 12 or 13. And here's what I mean by that. We're expecting a lot of rain, a lot of weather, but not until late morning, early afternoon. So the guys that played this afternoon, Leviota, Hadley, Munoz, they get to go out first thing tomorrow morning. They could be done, Rick, before the weather comes in. And then the weather starts coming. The wind starts coming. The guys that shot in the morning at the top of the leaderboard, they may struggle in the afternoon because of the conditions. This might be where late early is the right side of the of the draw. Uh, it, it, certainly, it certainly could turn out that way. To Coach's point, Stricker started on the back nine. He bogeyed 12 and 13. He was two over par. All of our friends uh, who, who rostered him on DraftKings were panicking. He did, make, <laughs> yeah. he did make a couple of birdies coming in. His back nine was much better. He finished at one under. And I do want to put a bow on the, the last man in the clubhouse, Camilo Vijegas, Coach, because you said how popular that would be for those who, who don't understand what we're talking about. Uh, he and his wife, they actually lost their two-year-old daughter last summer. You saw a lot of rainbow bows out in support last year. He's had a couple of close calls in the meantime, but I can imagine a victory or a really good finish from Camilo Vijegas this week would be uh, widely popular in, in our community. And let's remember this too. There is one spot left for the Open Championship. You have to finish in the top five. You have to not already be exempt and then you can get on that plane, which is not the big 737 that they normally take. They could probably fit everybody on a G5, to be honest with you, because <laughs> there's no family, there's no girlfriends, there's no managers, agents, anything like that. It's going to be a very, very small group of guys that are playing the John Deere that are going over the Open Championship because most of them are already playing uh, the Scottish Open. But the Jagus would be one of those guys if he could pull off the win. And yeah. there are just certain wins that are more emotional than others, and this would be right at the top. Uh, of anybody's emotional uh, win. So to recap, Munoz at eight under, he's done. Revy, Vijegas, they're both done. Seven under par, Hadley and Hammer and Hank still out on the golf course at seven under with a handful of holes to play. Our friends over at William Hill coach in terms of the outrights, giving the nod to Sebastian Munoz for now. He is seven to one. Hank Lebiota, eight to one. Revy at 12. Russell Henley at 14. And then DB straight vibing. Daniel Berger, (laughs) who is currently, let's see, he wrapped up at two under two under. yeah yeah so he's going to be probably at six shots off the lead at 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 best he's 16 to one any of these interest you coach here here's what's going to make people a lot uh, a lot of people upset um i'm going to go back and then i'll go forward that when i looked at the last two or three weeks and i looked at guys that played well remember back at the palmetto who had the four shot lead who gave it away on sunday because he hadn't been there for a while chesson hadley do you know what his number was before they started play today? It was over plus 10,000 because I played yeah. it. And then I looked at the leaderboard the last two weeks. Hank Lebiota, one shot out of the playoff last week. He had a great finish at the Travelers to get into a top five finish. Put a little on him. He was plus 6,400. But now look at the numbers, Rick. They're all the way down to 7-1, to 8-1, to 10-1. to one. There's no value there anymore. But if you're, if you're asking me who I think is going to win, I think it's going to be Leviota or Hadley, and not just because I played them. 
just because you look at the top of the leaderboard, they're the two names that the last six weeks have actually been playing well and had a chance to win. Do not, and I repeat, do not put a dime on Sebastian Munoz. I'm guessing. Now, if you want to put him in a bet, fade him in a head-to-head matchup tomorrow. I lost in a head-to-head matchup with him today against Zach Johnson, who ended up shooting a 68 also, 300, pretty good day. I would take Zach again tomorrow because Sebastian Munoz, the one thing he doesn't do, Rick, he doesn't back up good rounds with another good round. He's usually over par the next day, in fact. Uh, So when I'm looking at these and these numbers, probably Russell Henley at plus 1,400. Uh, But again, I would probably go all the way down to Hadley at plus 2,000. I can't figure out. He's only one shot back, and he still has two holes to play, but he's plus 2,000. That would be the one name with the value that's up there that he's not scared to go low. He's just scared when he gets to Sunday. But I would would put a little bit on him at plus 2,000. He's got 23 feet for birdie on number eight. That's his 17th hole of the day. He could, in theory, get to eight under, maybe even surpass Sebastian Munoz if he can roll that one. It'll certainly Mm -hmm. help. The one that I would consider here is... The aforementioned Camilo Vijegas. He's he's 25 to 1. He's one shot off our lead at the moment. He led the field in strokes gained approach on Thursday, and he was an absolute neutral zero putter, which for Vijegas is really all you have to do. 25 to 1 seems a little bit long for me, but I agree with uh essentially everything coach said <laughs> about, about some of those <laughs> those lines that we're that we're looking at. Um Coach also mentioned that there are guys already across the pond getting ready for the Open Championship. I want to talk about round one at the Scottish Open, some of the bigger names in the world of golf. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. All right, Coach, it is the Scottish Open. This is an event that uh, the bigger names this week have opted to use as a warm-up, a tune-up for next week's Open Championship. And we have a couple Mm -hmm. familiar names. At the top, Jack Sr. leads the way at seven under, but nipping at his heels, Justin Thomas and Lee Westwood. Now, Lee Westwood's having a pretty good stretch of of golf this year, the last couple of months. JT had the win at the Players' Championship, but it's been a little weak since then. Maybe this is an opportunity to get into shape for our final major of the year. Yeah, one surprises me, one doesn't surprise me, and I'll tell you why. Um, They decided this year, and this isn't always the case, that they would play the Scottish Open on a Lynx-style golf course, which the years that they don't makes no sense to me. When you're going to play the Open, it should be just like what they do with the Masters, playing in a course that has similar conditions. So this year they do. So I didn't think a lot of the American players would be able to come over and play well at the Scottish Open just because they haven't done it in over two years because they didn't play the Open Championship a year ago. So Justin Thomas really surprised me. Lee Westwood grew up playing. Links golf. So he, he loves this, right? So that doesn't surprise me. Look at the name right under Lee Westwood. Yeah. A say lot it. of people, John Rom. John Rom. He yeah. he and Xander Shoffley really surprised me today for these reasons. John Rom hasn't touched a club probably since the US Open. And he'd be the only guy that we say, okay, we get it. You want the US Open, take some time off. He comes out today and shoots a five under. Are you serious? Xander got married a week ago. And much like you, Rick G, he overachieved in marriage like a son of a gun. So I thought he hasn't touched the club either. That I was wrong about. So there's a lot of a lot of American names at the top. Ryan Palmer uh, as well. I'll give him credit. Yeah. Can they do it for four days? I don't think so. This is Lynx golf. It's very, very difficult. The bounces always change from day to day. But this leaderboard, 
It's as good as you could possibly ask for if you're the Scottish Open, which is now on the network on NBC on the weekend, which changed just a couple of years ago. That's right. I I'm glad you mentioned John Rahm. He was he was coming up on my list here. I, the the world of golf uh, should be scared or might be scared because if he, if this was a watershed moment for him at Torrey Pines where he wins that and now he just goes on a rampage, like watch mm-hmm. out, John Rahm in his first round back since winning the U.S. Open in contention again, leading into a major championship. I mean, I love it. I love it. I love it when we're in a, a situation in golf where you got one, two maybe even three dominant golfers. I think it's better that way. I'm not a big fan of parody. We we ripped off all the winners in 2021, Rick, on the Mega Preview on Tuesday, and I don't know if that's necessarily great. I like it when the top players are winning four, maybe five times a year, like Tiger did years ago, You know, eight times uh, a couple of years. So to me, I love that Rama is, is being dominant. There's one name, though, that's very noticeably absent on the leaderboard. That's Roy McIlroy. That's right. But he should have even par today, one under one, or something. One right under. Okay, one one under, under. He is in a tie yeah. for 73rd. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's, you're going to have to get to three or four under to make the cut this week. It's going to be – the lead's probably going to be at, I'm going to guess, probably 12 or 13 after Friday. Uh, so so McIlroy needs to figure it out because we were giving him credit two months ago, and now he's kind of gone backwards as far as how he's playing. And today's a perfect example of that. There you see him at, at, at one under par. So – uh, whenever you have four bogeys opposite five birdies, that means you're being very, very inconsistent. And that's not a recipe for success next week at the Open Championship. Yeah, the win at Wells Fargo may be starting to look more like the outlier than the mm. poor weeks. So we'll keep an eye on Rory McElroy. Coach, before we get you out of here, happy to report Chesson Hadley rolled in that 23-footer. He is now eight under. He has tied Sebastian Munoz. He has one hole left to play. We'll see how that shakes out. And of course, we will be back after each round this week. We know how it's going to shake out, Rick. I've got a ticket for (laughs) plus 10,000. We know what's going to happen. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. It's the first time in my betting career that I have two tickets north of plus 6,000 that are both within one shot of the lead and in the lead after day one. So for that, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Let's go. You absolutely should be. Good luck. We'll keep an eye on those for the rest of the week. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, it's the coach. You can find him on Twitter at the coach rules. You can see him on PGA tour live the rest of the way. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time.